0: Quick content warning here. This episode of Mic'd Up will contain content and news coverage regarding the Dylan Roof Massacre at Mother Emanuel. White supremacist terror and murder will be discussed.
1: It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. We, We intend to give you a very fine program. So just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment.
0: Hey. This is Miked Up, the podcast, uh, and I'm your host Mika Gadsden. This episode is very difficult for me for a number of reasons, and um, don't want to. I don't want to center myself or my feelings too much. I want to be able to um, accurately pinpoint what it is I'm feeling and try to describe it to the listening audience. Um, this episode. Uh, is my attempt to talk about the recent settlement, the historic $88 million settlement from the federal government uh, paid to the survivors and victims um, of the vicious Dillon Roof massacre at Mother Emanuel. So before I get into my commentary and some of the thoughts that I was able to um, commit to paper, um, I want to go ahead and play this clip from a local South Carolina news affiliate, uh, WSOC Channel 9. Uh, They actually broke the story. So before Post and Courier, before Washington Post, New York Times, um, and some other local affiliates got the story, Uh, sources uh, helped WSOC break this story. So I want to begin there. And, um, the reason another reason why I wanted to include this news clip is not just to help you understand the full breadth of of the story and and, and whatnot and I'm not going to be able to include the entire clip it's about seven minutes over seven minutes but I'm gonna trim it down a little bit. Um, but one of the reasons why I wanted to include this clip is because it's one of the few clips that um, it's one of the few clips where you hear the the daughters of um, the late. Uh, Pastor Pinkney, um you hear his daughter speak. and I think there's something powerful about hearing this young woman find her voice as she's continued to find her voice. she's already established herself as a young leader and she she kind of under she kind of understood um, or looks it, sounds, it feels as if she's understanding her place in history and her place in this moment, in the contemporary, in a, in a contemporary context, and so I think it's important just to hear her voice and um, to listen to her. And so I want to, I want to play this clip. So take a listen here, and then now I'll, I'll come right back. Money is not happiness. This is not going to bring my father back. This is not going to bring her husband back, his wife back. That's not going to change this. But they're doing whatever they can to acknowledge the fact that. This hurts. My sister and I are gonna go home realizing that the government didn't sit in silence, but they paid attention and they valued my father's life and they valued the lives of the eight other people who died.
1: Mothers, fathers, a South Carolina state senator and a track coach murdered during a Bible study inside Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston. Now, six years later, some justice for those families left behind and the survivors who are still scarred by all of this. Channel 9 was the first to learn from sources about an $88 million settlement announced today, the largest individual civil rights settlement in U.S. history. And all this ends the lawsuit over a faulty background check that allowed Dylan Roof to buy the gun that he used to end those nine people's lives. One of those was State Senator Clementa Pinckney.
0: His last words on the Senate floor in South Carolina. He says that God teaches us to love all and the end that justice will be done.
1: Channel 9's Allison Lottis has been working on this case for years and Allison you knew this settlement was coming through your sources. Yes, and you were the only local reporter as well to sit down with three of the attorneys who brought this case, including the man we just heard from and and he recited those same words to you. Yes, that attorney Senator Gerald Malloy wasn't just a colleague of pastor and fellow lawmaker Clemente Pinckney. They were such great friends. He called him a brother. I'm told this case is the largest civil rights settlement in United States history and attorneys called getting to this point, a six year March for justice.
0: As I alluded to earlier, um, I struggled in how, um, and thinking about how I would approach this episode. Um, and, in no way am I trying to center myself or any, uh, type of uh, grief I may feel, even though I think it is appropriate, um, to talk about, you know, my feelings and, and grief re- regarding this horrific massacre, um, I think it's important to, to make sure that the, the attention is shifted to some other areas. And what I think it's important for people who either trust my voice or who find value in this content that I create, um, what I hope that you will do is think long and hard about what this moment means I th- what I really want to prompt people to do is, I want to, I want you guys, I want you all to think. I want you all to ask critical questions of our justice system, critical questions um, uh, regarding white supremacy, not just in this, in this state, in this town, in this city, um, but in, in in a larger context. Um I want you to think about your complicency in that. And also, I think more more than anything, I just want you to connect with the feeling. you kind of kind of heard it in Clemente Pickney's uh, young daughter's voice, like you hear this young this young leader, this young voice crying out to be heard you hear her say this hurts you heard her talk about the tremendous loss that no amount of money can can uh, can heal and i i just want folks to think more deeply about this type of violence and its roots here in South Carolina, and why it keeps occurring? And why is the reflex seldom justice? Why is the response to this type of white supremacist terror, this type of of crime, this type of horror, why is the response typically dragging of the feet, a reluctance to really acknowledge the root causes of this problem, uh, willful ignorance, a lack of political will to actually correct things and and factors that led to this horrific massacre. What causes those? What what causes us to react that way? You know, um, I think I've, <laughs> if I haven't said it on this podcast. I know I've mentioned it um, during a live stream on Twitch at one point or another that I just don't feel as if black survivorship, you know, how black people in general, Gullah Geechee people, specifically I'm speaking to here in, in, in the Low country I don't think enough attention is paid to our survivorship stories. I don't think that the, the atrocities thrusted upon us these horrors that are visited upon us, I don't think that they're given the type of sanctity and respect that they deserve. And while I, I won't sit up here and tell you that, uh, I won't sit up here and, and make a claim for martyrdom, right? I'm not going to put a premium on that. Um, it's quite the opposite. It's almost if um, every victim of this type of crime, of this type of of violence, is a martyr and I want to push back against that. I I want to hear resounding cries of never again. I want to see people scramble to do everything within their power, within their will, to do something as simple as close a damn loophole in our gun laws, right? So that the next Dylan Roof, and, and there will be another Dylan Roof. History tells us this so that the next dylan roof perhaps has to take a different won't be able to exploit this pathway won't be inspired to take this pathway right i, I some so, something uh, i just don't feel as if our pain our suffering is seen as a tremendous loss, and so as I was attempting to write down some points about the coverage, and I read about six, six, I guess five or six articles, national and local, about this story, about this record-setting figure, um, all the wrong history. No one wants to make this type of history, by the way. No one wants to make this type of history. I don't. The fact that this is the biggest settlement. In history is to me even more of a tragedy, <laughs> right? So as I was writing my thoughts down to try to offer some commentary, it literally turned into something that's uh, that resembles a poem um, but really is a series of questions and thoughts. and um, I'm, I'm just going to to put them here and and um, I, again I want to encourage you all to think and reflect on this moment. Think about why this this lawsuit had to happen. Why this settlement had to happen? Think about um, what what sentiments that you, do you hear constantly in our media? What narrative is, is being perhaps not force fed, but but uh, hmm, maybe force fed is the right the right term? What narratives are dominant, and what narratives have been relegated? To like, you know, to the sidelines, right? I really want to encourage any listeners to do that. But um, I wrote this, and I think the uh, the podcast will be entitled "Take This in lieu of Your Humanity." And uh, this is what I wrote: um, Take this in lieu of your humanity. Take this in lieu of your father's love. Your mother's time with her grandchild. Your son's future. Take this, a mere stack of coins and bills piled high in weathered, cracked, white hands. Questions begin to lump in my throat. Is this unity? Is this going to bring them back? Is this Charleston strong? Is this enough to make you forget? Is this the amount that makes it feel less gruesome? Is this how you close loops? Is there a dollar amount that will pacify you? Is this the way we dismantle white supremacy? Is this the system? Is this helping you sleep at night? Is this the price of martyrdom? Is this how you close holes? Is this a part of the canonization process? Is this your plan? Is this where and when you stop killing us? Take this in lieu of your humanity. y'all that's gotta stop there's a practice a pervasive practice of a crime a race a racialized horrific crime committed against black communities black people children, women, men people black trans people black queer people there's a trend that has that has emerged where the atrocity happens and there's a dollar amount that's settled upon. And for those who are listening, I'm asking you, would you ever want any of your loved ones to be reduced to some sort of figure or sum? Is this normal? Are you used to, have you become desensitized to black pain, trauma, black murder, black death? Are you numb? You know, what happened to the racial reckoning of 2020? What happened to the interest in black lives mattering? What happened to the investment in black women? What happened to true justice in the form of radical reformation, abolition, divestment from white supremacy, divestment from the patriarchy, capitalism? I just really feel like a lot of questions just popped up in my head and they make no sense. They're not. They're not laid out in this really, like, plain and uh, easy to decipher form, and I just wanted to just leave it here um, as best as I could. Um, Just ask yourself questions. I want you all to ask yourself questions. Have you become numb to Black horror, the horror visited upon Black people, is it nor- has it been normalized to receive money in lieu of a future with your loved ones in lieu of justice, fewer deaths, fewer militarized toys for law enforcement, fewer cases of an overuse of force at the hands of law enforcement. Has much changed since these nine souls were robbed from us. And why is money, why is some sort of sum to be divvied up? Why is that all that is offered and nothing structural changes, nothing within the system changes? We just wait here. For our coins and our bills It feels like charity It feels cheap It feels inadequate And it fills me with rage Y'all take it easy Take care of yourselves My Gullah Geechee people Y'all stay black